Have you ever thought the actions that people take at motivational events were like really strange? Like, why is that person crying right now? Or did that person just collapse? Did, did she just say they took out a second mortgage to pay for whatever it was they were selling? Or, and there's no shame in this, maybe you've been there and experienced it yourself and you're left wondering what you're going to do with this new mess. Today, we're going to talk about how some businesses use emotional contagion to make money potentially against their clients' best interests. Let's talk about it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, your radically authentic marketing and branding consultancy. Ooh, emotional contagion. This is so funny because I just had a little bit of a conversation with somebody today on the new audio app that I'm using called Wisdom. I'm a top mentor over there. And I had an opportunity to talk with somebody about this very topic. So how about that? It's just so synchronous that we would talk about emotional contagion on wisdom during one of my talks. And then we, you know, then I'd be in, I'd end up recording it over here for the podcast. So emotional contagion, I'm going to give you my definition of it. And then I'm going to share some of what I found online. We're also going to take a look at some of the tactics that are used, how they, some of the results that they elicit, and some of the ways that you can protect yourself against emotional contagion at these types of, you know, motivational events or business, you know, events and personal development events. So I consider emotional contagion to be anything where emotions are intentionally cultivated to get you to take an action that may not be in your best interest. So I view it in more of a negative light, and that's the context that I I look at it in. But honestly, there are some cases where emotional contagion could be used to your benefit, and we'll talk about that, but it's typically not at at business events and other motivational events. One of the definitions I found was emotional contagion is a process in which a person or group influences the behavior of another person or group through the conscious or unconscious induction of emotional states and behavioral attitudes. So if you've been through a cookie cutter coaching program, shoot, if you went through the program that I also went through, then, you know, that might sound a bit familiar to you as well. But, you know, when we look at emotional contagion, a lot of it has to do with empathy. 
right? We feel what other people are feeling. And um, a part of that, right? So many of us, myself included, believe that empathy, there's a spiritual energetic aspect of empathy, as well as something that's more rooted in our brain and the way that our brain is structured. And so from a neurological perspective, empathy and things like emotional contagion and like mob mentality largely have to do with mirror neurons, which are the you know, at least consider the physiological and biological reason behind, you know, emotional contagion, mob mentality. And some of the places that we see this outside of events, you know, the January 6th storming of the Capitol building would probably be a great example of of mob mentality in, in recent times. But even after a sporting event where, you know, people go and flip cars or whatever because their team won or go and flip a car because their team lost. I mean, really, their actions are the same, even if the reasons behind them are different. But that's that's kind of where we're going here with this, is that it's like how a group could be influenced to do things that maybe as individuals they normally wouldn't do. And what this makes me think of is that quote from Tommy Lee Jones's character in Men in Black, where, you know, Will Smith is like, no, people are smart. We're totally fine. And then, you know, Tommy Lee Jones character goes, no, a person is smart. People are dumb and stupid and they panic. And that kind of really explains pretty well. (laughs) Emotional contagion, I think, in a nutshell. But either way, we see emotional contagion happen a lot in events, both virtual and in person, although it seems to be way more effective in person. And essentially, the speaker or speakers takes advantage of group empathy to influence the emotional state of everyone present, usually with the goal of getting them to spend money or to, you know, do something to quote unquote invest or, or whatever. And it's usually some type of high ticket offer. So, Some of the tactics that you've probably seen, and these are just a few that I've seen, getting those yeses from the crowd. So, you know, the person speaking, the person speaking, and they're like, you know, let me know, like, is this resonating with you? Let me hear it. Or they'll tell you things to say, like, you know, I'm ready to skyrocket my business. I'm ready to blah, blah, blah. I'm worthy of doing whatever I deserve. And so they'll have you say these affirmations, but now you're all saying it out loud. And because we're all saying it together, there's like bonus points given for anybody who does it like very enthusiastically, right? So there's a difference between me saying, I'm ready to skyrocket my business, right? And they're like, okay, yeah, that's what everybody's saying. But then I'm like, whoa, I'm ready to skyrocket my business, wow, right? And I'm like freaking out. And then of course, like they're gonna probably be like, oh yeah, she's totally ready. You guys on her level, get on her level. That's how you're gonna get real changes. So now they've talked me into hyping myself up and they've talked you into hyping yourself up. And so that actually ties into the next tactic is encouraging the expression of strong emotions as if that expression of the emotion directly relates to the strength or the conviction that that person feels. And we know that that's not the case. We know that that's not the case. So I'm a loud person. Obviously, you just got a little taste of that. I'm a loud person. Does that make me any more convicted when compared to a softer spoken person? No, it absolutely does not. But we feel we we are told at these events it is communicated, maybe not explicitly, but it's communicated at these events that the people who show the strongest emotion are the people who are willing to do the most, who are willing to sacrifice the most, who are willing to work the hardest. And that's just not true. But again, that's what that's what that's what it is. And finally, I would I would call this honestly, I would call it love bombing. 
those who take the action that they want. So let's say more towards the end of the event and they're like, yeah, we're ready for you to sign up and, you know, who's ready to change your, their lives and blah, 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 right? And they're going to announce like, oh, here comes Ruthie. She's ready to change her life. Ruthie, you're making such a wonderful choice. I can't believe this. And they're probably going to give you gifts and you're going to get like a bunch of swag. You're probably going to have the spotlight on you, you know, metaphorical or literal because maybe they'll have you come up on the stage. But, you know, you're just going to feel it. You're just going to have all this positive attention on you and you feel love bombed having made that decision. Now, the way that this emotionally contaminates other people is that they see you. They see you getting love bombed, although they're not thinking that, right? But they see you getting love bombed. And in their head, they're telling themselves a story about, wow, like, look at that person. They're so willing to make a change and they're so willing to invest. I want to be like that person. I want that attention. I want all that love. I want to be accepted into the fold. And boom, now their credit card's out and they're spending money that they probably shouldn't be spending either. So that's actually one of the results, right? As a result of love bombing and, and the way that they've been emotionally contaminating everyone, you take actions that maybe you normally wouldn't. And this is usually around spending money that you wouldn't. And so I was watching a CoffeeZilla video about a guy who had gone through Dan Locke's program. So it's like a sales program. And I'm listening to this guy. And this is actually where I got the idea to do an episode about emotional contagion at business events because he was talking about people like pulling out their credit cards and the credit cards all getting rejected because they didn't make back their money on their initial investment in Dan Locke's programs. And they were just like sitting there crying on the floor or trying credit card after credit card after credit card. And I have to ask, like, how unethical as a, of a business do you have to be? Like, how would you feel if you're listening to this right now? How would you feel if your your potential client was trying the third credit card? Like, how do you feel with that hanging over you? Like, this person is so strapped for cash. They are trying their third credit card on you and they're still not sure if it's going to work. I don't know about you, but I don't want anybody signing with me out of desperation. I am not a doctor, right? Like you show up at the emergency room with, with desperation. Now, unless, I mean, maybe your business is the emergency room for businesses. And so you should be taking people's very last dollar. I don't know. But that's not a healthy place to be for the client or potential client or you as the coach or the consultant. So I, I remember listening to that, how we were talking about, and they were doing all the tactics that I was just talking about, like getting yeses from the crowd, encouraging the expression of strong emotions, love bombing people who take the action that they want, but then also kind of implying like, oh, so if you're not taking action today, you know, we're really sorry that you're not ready to move your business forward. Or you're really, I'm really sorry that you're not ready to, you know, let's switch it up. Really sorry that you're not ready to elevate your spiritual experience right? Really sorry that you're not ready to take control of your weight and your health and transform your life. Like, so there's a lot of different ways that this can be pitched and used. And, and so this would be the shaming part, right? If they're not love bombing you, then maybe they're shaming you. And so you don't like that feeling and you still see the other people being love bombed and you want to be love bombed too. Now I've seen this demonstrated and this is something that gets on my nerves and I will not sit usually too long for these webinars and stuff. But this is why when you're on a webinar, the person is like, it's, because remember webinar came from seminar. So they did the same thing at seminars before we were virtual. People would sign up for these seminars, you know, and, and attend them at a college or attend them like at a local library or something like that. But they will say, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then the webinar people will say, Type yes in the chat if this resonates with you. Type yes, you know, type I'm ready if this, if you're ready to do whatever. So they're still doing those contagion tactics. They're getting those yeses from you. 
So the goal is to elicit an affirmation, like go along with you. Keep saying yes until it comes time to take out your credit card and you say yes to that too, you see. So it's not about actually wanting communication, but also there's something to be said for when, you know, let's say you've got 50 people, 100 people, 500 people in a webinar. And as the attendee, I see so many yeses pop up. Yes, 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 yes. Or I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. You know, if I see that. So they have these keywords that they'll use to try to anchor people, anchor the attendees throughout the experience. And it's, it's meant to mentally and emotionally manipulate. That's largely what it's meant to do. And I'm not saying that every single person who uses this tactic is like, yeah, I cannot wait to manipulate some money out of these people's pockets. I'm not saying that's what it is at all. I'm saying that it's incredibly likely, no matter how good their intentions are, that they learned this technique and now use it. It's the same thing we say about systemic racism. No, I am not saying that you are actively out here being a racist. But what I am saying is that when you ignore the systemic nature of racism, then you are continuing to uphold it. One example that was given, I heard it on TikTok. It was fantastic. I cannot remember the person who shared it or else I would tell you who it was. But they said, if you inherited or purchased a hotel and the previous owners hated people in wheelchairs, hated them, so they didn't have any ramps, they they were not friendly to people in wheelchairs and you buy the hotel and you're like, no, I love people in wheelchairs, but do not change your hotel at all to accommodate people in wheelchairs. It does not matter how much you personally like them because the system of your hotel still hates and treats people in wheelchairs badly. Okay, so that's my point is that not everybody is malicious in their use of these tactics. But what I am saying is that if you are using these tactics, please consider please consider the intent behind them. Please consider something behind, oh, once you adopt this technique, your your purchase, your purchases off your webinar are going to skyrocket by 5, 10, 20, 50, 1000%, whatever. Please consider something outside of the the revenue increase and look at the actual impact that you're having on people. I don't know about you, but I'm not in the business of taking anybody's last dollar. And I'm hoping if you're listening to this and you've gotten this far, you're not either. So, I've seen this in a lot of webinars, I've seen it at virtual events, and you can tell the power of doing this in person completely trumps doing it virtually. The cookie cutter coaching program I was in, the cult coaching program I was in, and you can learn more about that by listening to the cult coaching podcast episodes a few episodes back. We've got, I think, like four or five of those. One of the things I noticed, I was like, wow, that's a little weird that they're already doing an in-person event. So they had held their event virtually at the start of the pandemic, but then were like rolling to in-person a lot faster than I would have expected, a lot faster than I saw a lot of other businesses. And they hold this event every quarter. And I've come to the conclusion that the reason why is because it's so much more effective. It is so much easier for these, you know, for the salespeople that float through the crowd, you know, usually around like day, you know, at the end of the day one and then into day two to talk to people while they're all hyped up on being together. And they've been, you know, being they've been doing all of these tactics and eliciting all of these different things and and really making you feel like you want to be in the in crowd and not on the out crowd. And we talked about that in the cult coaching episodes, you know, creating a a dynamic of us versus them. You want to be in the us. Right. You don't want to be in the room in that room and be in the them category. Right. So all of those things are being used. And I just thought it was really suspicious that they they moved so quickly back to in person when, you know, I, I didn't quite feel safe yet traveling and, and being in crowds of people. Um, another thing, uh, another result you may that you've been you know emotionally contaminated is that you get the feeling of coming down, but it's not a pleasant feeling. It's like a, like a bad trip. So if you go 
to an event and it's really positive and it's very motivational, like the business retreat I just came back from, you do get a sense of coming down because you're not in the same environment, but it's just kind of more like a feather floating down through the breeze. When you have experienced emotional contagion and it was against your best interest, right, as a versus, you know, getting high on the feelings of other people, which I experience. But when you have been emotionally contaminated and you made decisions maybe that you wouldn't normally have, you have a sense of guilt as you come down and it's just a very negative experience. So if you're coming down and nothing happened that was against your best interests, you tend not to feel the guilt. You just kind of feel like this decompression. That's the best way I can describe it. I'd, I feel decompression and I, I like to be, you know, spend some time introspecting on my experience. All completely normal, completely natural. Let's talk about how you protect yourself. How do you protect yourself from emotional contagion? So before you leave, <laughs> maybe put a limit on your credit card. Maybe put a freeze on them before you actually attend the event. And you know, I really think that sounds extreme. If you're at an event and they're like, yeah, $5,000, $10,000, $20,000, and these are the types of numbers, that type of amount, that's a significant sum of debt for the vast majority of Americans, for the vast majority of people around the world. So I do not want to hear any nonsense about, you know, you know, the size of the investment is commiserate with the, the results that they get and all of this other stuff, because I've, I've got something for you, too. I need you to, when you know you're attending an event that has the potential to emotionally contaminate you, I need you to remain incredibly self-aware. I would recommend not drinking. I would recommend not even eating to excess because when you have really good food and you get super full, you have those endorphins, they get released in your brain. Those neurochemicals get released in your brain and you could be more easily influenced. Don't commit. Don't commit to any big decisions until you've had some time away from the environment. And you want to know how important this one is? Usually there is some type of deadline, some type of deadline that creates false scarcity that says you have to buy something at the event right now. Let me tell you right now, if it is worth it at the event, it is worth it later. And what you'll find, right, it's kind of like going to the club and like somebody was super hot. Right. That's why they call them beer goggles. You're like, oh, this person's so hot. And then they call you the next day. You meet up for coffee or whatever. Maybe you hooked up. I don't know. And you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? And that is how you will feel after you spend 10, 20, $50,000 at one of these events. You'll be like, what the hell was I thinking? Why didn't anybody stop me? They couldn't stop you because they were all high and emotionally contaminated themselves. So don't commit to any big decisions. Don't let anybody bully you into committing to any big decisions. And if they do, then that just kind of, again, it indicates the untrustworthiness of it. But you know that this is a critical one because they put so many time limited offers to try to get you to make a decision while you're in your emotionally contaminated state. Really, though, all of these things will not matter at all. You won't have to really do them at all if you attend events that are held by people you trust, by organizations that you trust. If they are not exhibiting any of these tactics, then please attend events with people that you trust. You should not have to go to an event this much on guard. If I found out that I was holding events, right, and people were attending them with this much preparation in mind to protect themselves from me, I would be so ashamed. I would be so ashamed. It, it would hurt me so much to find that out because that is absolutely never an environment that I that defy the status quo, that anything that I touch, Ruthie Bowles touches. No, this is not that's not any way that we want 
events to be run here. So events virtually, events in person, no matter what it is, that is not the experience that you will have with with my company or anything that I'm a part of. And that's on our brand values, period. So I hope that you found this episode beneficial. Were there any tactics that I missed? Were there any results you think I should add to the list? I'd love to hear from you. So please send me a DM. Let me know what you thought. And I'd love to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.